as we close this three-part series that I told us we would do on evangelism. Um, two, two weeks ago, we looked at Acts chapter 8, the story of Philip, the evangelist. and It's a good sermon, if, if with all due respect. Go listen to it online. I'm not going to even give you anything, but go listen to it. It's on our website and podcast about how to grow in the awareness of what God's doing in you and around you and those around you and those people that have an open posture to you. So go listen to that. It's a good one. Last week was 1 Corinthians 9. Um, we looked at another guy that we meet in the book of Acts by, by the name of Paul. And we look at this man who was utterly wrapped up in religion, who had an encounter with Christ. And because of that encounter, he gave every waking moment of the rest of his life to go show and share the gospel with everyone he knew all over the world. Um, and so we looked very specifically about that his message was the gospel, his methods were flexible and fluid, and his motivation was Jesus. And he knew that the gospel was, it was his message, that his methods of how to get the gospel were fluid and flexible depending upon his audience but that his motivation was always Jesus. I want to know Christ. Yes, I want to bear lots of fruit. I want to do a lot of great things. I want to see thousands, millions. I want to see the world set on fire with the glory of Christ. But at the end of the day, give me Jesus. Jesus was his motivation. And so this week, I, 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 I'm going to hit an audible. And I want to close this series on evangelism with something you may not expect. Um, so open your Bibles. We're just going to look at two verses. You've got to hold me to that, Pastor Chad. You hear me? John chapter 13, verse We might be able to say that the first two weeks of this little blip on the radar of a series on how to grow in evangelism, which is to say how to grow in our confidence and courage in both demonstrating or showing the gospel and in sharing the gospel. We've looked for two weeks. Those are sort of ways to personally grow, although I still believe that evangelism is best done in community. If you agree, say amen. When you got someone with you, that would be the biblical... If the Bible is pretty clear, it's that everything's better together. Everything's better together. Um, but this week, part three on how to grow in evangelism is, is not a peripheral way to do it, but central way to grow in it. How to grow as a people who can show and share the gospel well. And so let's just, let's just read the, the, this verse, verse 34, verse 34 of chapter 13 of John's gospel, according to John. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, what's that word say? All shall all, everyone will know that you are my 
disciples. If you love one another. So just a few comments, and then you can chew on this all week. I think it's simple enough, small enough. That yes, though there are tangible skills God wants us as his people to grow in, and our confidence and courage and being able to articulate the gospel, who would agree that there are There are tangible skills and abilities that God wants us to grow in. Courage, confidence, how to explain the gospel. How many know there is a world of growth available to us in growing how to discern the movement and activity of the spirit when we're in public and in our workplaces? Come on, just raise your hand. There is a a world of availability and possibility of growing in content, in proficiency, in anointing. There's a, there, not even to mention being able to grow by being with other people who are, a little bit more, who are a little bit more confident and better at those areas, which there's many, amen? There's people that, got, that you are for some people and that some people are for you, that just by being together, there's something God by his spirit releases in your spirit in the realm of courage, confidence. You can see it demonstrated. This might be arguably the most dynamic way that we can learn by seeing it modeled and demonstrated in other people. So, so all that to say, there, there is content, there are skills and tools, there is growing in friendship with God that we, we more readily discern his voice where he leads us. There is growing in understanding of how the scripture all is like a mosaic, but that the mosaic, when you zoom out, is Jesus. It's about Jesus. So there are ways that we can and need to grow. And we're on a journey. There's many ways we can grow. But what John is getting at here is that there's something else that God in Christ by the Spirit wants us to grow in. And it's not so much, I guess you could say it's a little bit like a skill, but it's more a disposition and a posture of all of life. Like, they're not going to know you're my disciples only because when you pray for the sick, they're healed, or only because you can articulate how Jesus is the hermeneutical key through which to view all of Scripture. You're not just going to grow. They're not going to just know that you're my disciples because, man, you can explain the apologetics and the Romans' road to salvation. Listen, there's something that even is more central to that, that if, if, if the world, those who... Who are, who are not in faith, who have not received the saving power of Jesus yet, there's something that God is calling us into as a faith community that sort of, that's way more costly than sitting in a class and learning the Romans road. It's way more costly than just learning a few extra skills on how to be more proficient or better. It's something much more costly than just um, you know, spending time with other people who are more gifted at a certain facet or dynamic. And the costly thing he's calling us into, which is, according to this scripture, the ultimate proof to the validity of our claims as followers of Christ is if we love each other. And so part three on evangelism, I'm, I, it doesn't seem intuitive, like love each other really well and grow in evangelism, but I'm telling you from heaven's perspective, it might be the key that unlocks all of it. It might be the key that if there's a community in Santa Maria in the central coast, listen, a new command, what does Jesus mean by that? Is that really new? 
New in the sense of it's radically reoriented and reinterpreted by the one who hangs on a cross and says, this is how you know what love is. It's new in that sense. There's, a, there's, a, there's like a, a vivid living picture now to view what love looks like, amen? amen. Sacrifice, yes, surrender, humility. Or we could just go, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not rude, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, right? It always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, love never fails. There's like 13 to scriptures of the new kind of love that Jesus commands us into, amen? Just as I have loved you. So part three, how do we grow in evangelism? Yes, grow in skill, yes, grow in confidence and courage, but yes, hear the call again to love one another like Christ. But shouldn't I be out there? Yes, there's times to get out there and you're out there all the time with your job, with your work or your whatever you do. We all do stuff. But one of the central ways that I, how could we say this? The ground from which I want the fruit of the gospel to grow is community that's shaped by the cross. The ground from which I want the fruit of evangelism, the the fruit of mission, the ground from which I want to see my church scatter across the city and a region and bring the beauty and glory of Jesus, the ground from which all of that is meant to grow, the environment, the atmosphere, is an environment and atmosphere that looks like love as displayed through Christ. So how can we grow at Cornerstone Church in evangelism? How can we grow in in living compelling lives for those who don't yet know Jesus? Part number three, it's a real simple message today. Love each other. Somehow, and by the way, he just got done washing their feet, but I can't tell you about that Bible verse. Love. Love each other. What I'm finding is that you can, I'll never forget running the half marathon, the coolest, one of the coolest experiences of my life. And I mean, I, I just wanted to shout. I was so angry. I was having like this spiritual moment, but then like every two or three or five miles, there were bullhorns. <laughs> You're going to hell. I mean, I'm just running with 25,000 people in LA. I'm just going, stop. I mean, if I could have stopped and not have passed out. That's not how they're gonna know. I'm just running. I mean, like just electric, you know, just trying not to die. And realizing that there are many, many, there's skills. You can even grow in boldness and courage. According to Jesus, you can grow in signs and wonders in the prophetic gifting, Matthew 7, 21 through 24, won't say it, but yet not know the one you're claiming to minister on behalf of. How many know that you can do, has anyone met anyone like that? You know all the content, you know all the skills, the abilities, but yet you can't fake this. You can't fake love, it looks like a cross. You can't, it's not some skill that you get to just pick up and then put on. It's a lifestyle to be called into and you and I, we can't, that's why love is the highest and why it never fails and why it, it just is amazing. It's like, you, you can't even describe it with 13 descriptors according to Paul. It's amazing. And by that kind of love, 
That is going to be the most powerful force behind your desire to show and share Jesus in this city and beyond. That place of being devoted to one another, one other passage, in in love, honoring each other above ourselves. This is how we know what love is. As I have loved you. That's the revolutionary thing, isn't it? Love as I loved you. You should love each other. I love that last verse, and we'll close and pray together. Your love for one another will prove to who? That you are my disciples, my followers, my lifelong students. I really think it is that simply profound. But one of the most dynamic things we can do for a city with God knows, 80, 90, I don't know, 80,000 people who've never experienced the love of Christ, at least that they could name it. Certainly they've experienced his love in a general way. That one of the most dynamic things we can do for them and for each other is to pursue loving one another. And somehow along that pursuit and from that pursuit, that being exposed and broadcasted to the world will prove, I love that word, that we're not just people who are puffed up with a big message, but people who've been ravished by the love of Christ themselves. And who want to extend that same kind of love to each other. Make sure... By this, everyone will know the world. Who wishes it was more complicated so we didn't have to obey it? (laughs) How many know we do that, by the way, with scriptures? We try to theorize because we want to put it into a realm of confusion so we don't have to clearly obey it. Don't think, I'm telling you, it's true. But Jesus just comes right out and says it to us this morning. This new commandment, it's really, really old. I am love, 1 John 4, 16. It's as old as I am, and I'm, I'm uncreated. But now this love that I've been filled with and that's been flowing from my very nature and being for all eternity has been clearly demonstrated through my son, and now through my son being in us is clearly demonstrated amongst us in the midst of an onlooking world which somehow proves that he's real. What if, according to Francis Schaeffer, that at the end of the day, the ultimate apologetic or proof for the validity of our claims as people who believe the scriptures and the gospel is the demonstrations of Christians loving other Christians. That's his quote, not mine. He says, at the end of the day, Francis Schaeffer, after we've done our best to give answers, to give compelling evidence, to prove the validity of Christ and historical accuracy, blah, 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 blah. He says, do that, that's all great. But he says the final apologetic is where people can go 
and see people loving each other like Jesus loved them first. And that that in and of itself proves that's true. That's true. And if that's true, I've got to believe it. And did you know that when you believe and abide in truth, you get set free? You get set free. You're transformed. So lesson number three on how to grow in our fruitfulness and faithfulness and evangelism to show and share Jesus. There's skills, there's content, there's things we can learn. There's people we need to be yoked up with who are a little bit better than us. There's people in workplaces who figured out things that are further down the road on how to be an excellent employee for the glory of God. And there's people who, you get what I'm saying, but there's this central call, lesson number three, that all of it is meant to be anchored in a community that loves each other just like Jesus loved us. And then ultimately, without that, we might be able to say, the house that we're trying to build cannot stand. This has to be our anchor and our foundation. A radical devotion to each other. Doesn't that sound counterintuitive? Shouldn't I go out there? Yes, go out there. You live out there. You go to work however many hours a week. But this is our center. This is our home. And ultimately... This actually might be the hardest, most costly thing to pursue. But I want you to know that grace enables what God commands. So if he commands us in a new way to love each other, that the one who perfectly loved and revealed the truth of love in a dynamic way came full of grace to empower that kind of love together. Amen. Can we just read it as a, as a joy together? Together, just confess this as our confession today. So now, I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love one another. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Could you just stand with me this, this morning? Is that okay? Did anyone feel snubbed? I mean, I can preach longer, but are we okay? Is that a simple? Just to love each other. Just to love. It, the love he poured out cost him everything. And how many know it's going to cost us too, but it's worth it. It's worth it. I want you to know that the beauty of pursuing this kind of love is that if this is what we're all pursuing, there's a covering that God wants to be over us as his people a covering that calls people out of their sin, out of their shame, out of their bondage, out of destructive relationships. There's a love canopy that God wants to be over us as a people. The scripture says it, 
that covers over a multitude of sins. Like this, this commandment and the pursuit of obeying it by the Spirit and the grace of Christ. God tells us and in other places in Scripture that it provides a covering. And I'm telling you, in a world cowering in any given number of corners because of shame, because of bondage, because of the awareness of our utter inadequacy, in a world and in a generation cowering, there has to be a community somewhere that has a canopy of love that calls people out of that thing and into a place of freedom, into a place of pardon and forgiveness. Love. It covers over a multitude of sins. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love, it keeps no record of wrongs. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. Love that is patient and kind and not out there jockeying for its own position. This is the kind of love that he's calling us into. And so if you would, just press in with me just for a minute. However you need to do business or receive from the Lord, can you just do it next few, few moments this morning? And this whole issue of love, maybe you've never received that love. My goodness, it's really complicated. Just say, Jesus, I receive your love today. This love that pursues us. This love that pursues us. And maybe it's appropriate this morning to say, Lord, I want to sign up for pursuing that kind of love that Jesus demonstrates with this family, this body right here, this community, this faith community. I want to pursue that kind of love. I want, I want to be able to say to an onlooking world, Here's all the proof you need of the validity of our claims. <laughs> and someone pray this with me. Lord, we ask that our church would be a canopy of love over this, re over this city, over, this, over Hancock, over the families and lives that are touched and represented as our church, that a, a beacon of love, this canopy that covers that provides shelter and shade, but that also calls every person into the freedom in Christ. Lord, we cry out for that to become true of us in an ever-increasing manner and measure. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen.